All right. Um, so I thought a few days ago that I wanted to say something about generations, but then it took me quite a while to think, well, what do I want to say? And, uh, but anyway, recently some inspirations flooded through. So first of all, just a reading. Uh, this is a reading from the book of Job, 8, 8 to 10. Please inquire of past generations and consider the things searched out by their fathers. For we are only of yesterday and know nothing, because our days on the earth are as a shadow. Will they not teach you and tell you and bring forth words from their minds? And then another reading from, uh, from Genesis, chapter 5. <clears throat> when God created mankind, he made them in the likeness of God. He created them, male and female, and blessed them. And he named them mankind when they were created. And when Adam had lived 130 years, he had a son in his own likeness, in his own image, and he named him Seth. And it goes on to the many generations of Adam after that. <clears throat> so there's a number of reasons why I, I wanted to talk about generations. Um, basically three, two personal ones and one uh, more to do with the movement and our uh, recent experience. Um, the personal reasons are my father uh, passed away last December um, and he was the last of his generation. Uh, my uncle and uh, aunt passed away a few years ago and my mother passed away 12 years ago. So it's, it, it just opens up a, a new sort of realization. I'm now the leading generation in my family. Uh, and then, uh, as you might know, uh, we're expecting a new generation, um, personally. <laughs> Narumi's pregnant and uh, due this week. Um, so any time now, a new generation. And, and this, uh, this boy will be the first uh, in the generation of all of our families. Uh, my brothers, um, Narumi's husband's family, and, you know, all the way across, um, this baby will be the first. So those, those are the personal reasons for thinking about generations. Um, and the other thing is, is the involvement of the, the second generation, third generation of our movement and the connection between our generations, which was particularly uh, a significant point to me in the summer camp. Um, and then I you know, realized, that, of course, it's rather significant at the moment. We've got three generations here. Um, so... Uh, I hope I can speak to all three generations and not, not bore the, the, the third one. Uh, um, so when, when Father speaks about uh, generations and um, when we read in the, the principle about you know, the four-position foundation and you get that, that picture of you know, father and mother, children, God at the center, and then family, society, nation, world, it all looks very automatic. And, and to a certain degree, you know, father liked to think that, you know, once a certain thing is established, then it will automatically expand and, uh, and spread. And there's, there's, there's clearly a truth in that, in, in that, you know, once we, we do something good, we make a foundation, um, then, you know, sooner or later, something good comes out of it. But it's not quite as automatic as that. Um, so this idea of, of lineage and 
the, the Genesis passage talks about us as the in the image of God, and then uh, Seth is in the image of Adam, and then you know we're each in the image of our parents, uh, which is which is absolutely true, and uh, and so there's two aspects of that. Um, so I'll come to that in a second. But so my main point is 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 about the connection between the generations and the, the passing on, the inheritance, the, uh, the relationship between the generations. And of course, there is a natural principle of inheritance. Uh, you know, we, we inherit the appearance, the character, many aspects of life of our parents. Uh, and we look at the trees and the birds and all things around us, and I'll leave that bit of the, the topic to Jeff another time. Um, but, you know, I think about what Jeff told me about the yew tree and how it, it sort of seeds its own generation and it keeps itself going for, for thousands of years. Um, but, there, you know, all, all the things of nature show us ways in which things are inherited. But uh, when we think about that, then it's, it's clear there are two principles uh, at work here. One, one is of continuation and imitation. So uh, things pass on the imitation or the image of, of the previous thing. Um, but also there's, there's a, a principle of progress and development. So the, the first principle um, is well understood biologically. Um, the process of reproduction passes on the same DNA um, and that kind of identity means that apple trees make apple seeds and apple seeds make apple trees and that keeps going. You know, so that's a continuity and a, the same thing gets passed on. Squirrels make squirrels and human beings give birth to human beings. But the, the second aspect is uh, less well understood about progress and development, um, although the result is clear to see. You know, simple life forms evolved into more complex life forms um, and species diversified. So there is a creative or developmental principle behind the way things that uh, progress. And in the same way, we as human beings, we, we imitate our parents, but we also want to learn from the past and we want to do better. We want to make progress. We want to do something new. We don't just want to be the same. I mean, I, I noticed, especially, you know, sp spending a lot of time with my father last year and having a lot of time to talk with him you know, I realized more and more, yes, I'm becoming my father, you know, and this is, this is part of it. Um, you know, look at my brothers, they're exactly the same. Um, but, you know, it's also in character and many of the things we learn and many of the ways in which we behave is, you know, we just become a chip off the old block. You know, we, 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 do, we do really uh, inherit a lot from the past. But... You know, we also, we want to do something better if we can. We want to learn and we want to uh, make our own creative contribution to life. Um, and so that's, that's inherent really in all things. I, I mean, I think that's what the principle means by inherent directive nature. It's not only the nature of, of uh being the same again, but, but wanting to go further, wanting to do more. 
Of course, if you look at human history, we, we muddy the water. It, you know, the, the whole principle, we, we make it so much more difficult to, to recognize that there is progress because the reality is we, we undo the progress of the past again and again. We unlearn the lessons from the past. Um, you know, either we simply don't learn anything, but, but oftentimes we actually destroy what, you know, the benefits from the past. And if you look at, you know, the burning of the, the library of Alexandria or um, all kinds of uh, mass murders and, and wars and so on that delete whole, whole portions of history or try to destroy cultures, you know, it's, it's a horrendous uh, reversal process where, where you know, great advances had been made and then they get lost. Um, and so you know, history is full of those things. Um, the relationship between what we describe as the first, second, and third Israels. Um, you know, so the, the Jewish culture and tradition was in, in many ways just pushed aside by the Christian church because the, that, what, that relationship wasn't kept between the, the early Christians and the, the Jewish foundation. And, and so the, the Christian church uh, grew up to a large degree in, in quite opposition to, to, to Judaism and Jewish culture. And, and you know, awful things happened you know, right up to the last century. And you know, that, that was a, a fundamental unlearning of, of, a, of a foundation that had been made that you know, wasn't then passed on. And so we can see many of the shortcomings of Christian culture you know, because it doesn't have that root. And then we're also in the same danger of doing the same ourselves, of, of not inheriting from the Christian culture and the Jewish culture. You know, this is meant to be a, a God's lineage, God's lineage of, in the providence of restoration, uh, passing on something that we can build on, that we can uh, make better. So the process of... of generations, you know, looking at it on that big picture uh, in, in these sort of long periods of history is quite, quite significant. And it, but it does come down to very personal relationships. So we look at the, the early Christian church, and the relationship between Peter and Paul, you know, you can see that actually this, the, the roots of that split were, were right there in terms of the Jewish and Christian cultures. Um, and, and we ourselves, you know, are involved with lots of very personal relationships where, you know, our connection or lack of it can, can make a big difference in terms of what is passed on and what is, what is it that we build on. So the relationship between one generation and the next, uh, as Father says, the core principle of the universe is the, the parent-child relationship. So that's easily said, but much harder to achieve success in and I'm sure true parents themselves are, are painfully aware and not just Sun Myung Moon and Hak Jahan but any true parents any parents who aim to be true will find it painfully difficult to to pass on their their heritage and, and what they would like their children to learn uh, it, it, it's not a simple process it's not an automatic process um, so looking at, at the relationship between the generations within our movement, you know, we, uh, talking about older people like myself, as the first generation, many of us, you know, started off by 
making a split from our parents. You know, I, I mean, certainly I talk for myself uh, as having joined in, in California and uh, there there was, you know, quite a strong uh, tendency to, to, to say, you know, forget about your parents. And, and you can easily pick out a bit of the principle and say, well, you know, those are the false parents and you know, here's your true parents. And it, it sort of makes it rather black and white. Um, although I'm sure that's not true parents' desire. We, but anyway, that was, that was very much what happened. And in fact, one of the things which happened because of my father passing away was we've been clearing out his house and I came across a, a, a box file of papers. And these were all the, the letters that uh, had been between me and my parents at the time when I joined the church. Uh, and it's quite painful reading, to be honest. And, but there's, there's letters to lots of different people. I mean, to Professor Jones in Aberdeen, to some other professor in, in Aberdeen University, uh, Eileen Barker and uh, Mike Marshall and uh, Mose Durst and... Uh, all kinds of communications and I you know when I read it I'm, I'm moved because you know my parents tried so hard to understand what I was doing how to uh, keep the, their connection with me and it, you know it was, it was a very difficult time anyway I you know my my reflection is that you know many of us in, in the first generation we had that break with our parents and um, you know, in a way, of course, you know, how do you start a new tradition? How do you, uh, uh, you know, establish yourself with a, with a different sense of faith and understanding? You know, it, it is difficult and it's, you know, there's no way around it. And actually it's interesting, many of those letters that I read, that concept was expressed very, very well by, by some of these uh, well-educated people like Eileen Barker and um, this professor in Aberdeen. Um, so, you know, we're start, starting our, our faith based on separating from our parents was clearly not a very good message when we come to the point of what relationship do we want to have with our children. Um, but anyway, you know, so Father sent us to hometown. I think, you know, I certainly felt since uh, I came back uh, from Russia, you know, I, I was making uh, the efforts to to undo the the painful separation from my parents i suppose it was even before that um you know from particularly from the time when when vetus was born that was like really the the key moment where where you know, my parents were desperately wanting to uh have an identity with vetus because he was the first grandchild in that generation for all of my family um, so, you know, there, there's a lot of uh, water under the bridge on that. And, and I, you know, I feel we, we did a lot. I was able to see as, as some of these letters uh, I read with my mum before she died. And I was really, you know, I'm really glad that I did and understood at least some of the things that she'd, she'd been through. Um, so, you know, we, 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 we had to repair those relationships. Um, because also that's part of the way we're demonstrating to our own children, you know, what's what's good relationship between parents and children. Um, so, yeah, you know, I think I think that does, you know, it's a bit of a 
a difficult point to get over. Um, but, you know, that's, that's what we're working on. And I think, you know, many of the, the ways in which the, uh, there's a difficult relationship between the first and second generation in our movement, uh, you know, is it, rooted in that, that we, you know, we didn't, you know, we made the separation ourselves and we didn't repair it. So, um, yeah, there are many challenges along the way in terms of those, those relationships between all, all our generations. Um, so, in terms of the summer camp, you know, it's been a great avenue for me to, uh, to, to learn things, to, uh, to grow, to uh, have an engagement with, with, the, uh, with the community and with the other generations. Um, and so, you know, last year, uh, Miwa and Sersha and Achan uh, took responsibility for, for organizing the, the summer camp. And uh, I found that very difficult uh, last year uh, because I didn't know what they were doing. And I, I, had, I had so much I wanted to pass on. I, you know, I've got this great big computer file of, of all the past experiences of 20 years of doing the, the summer camp and uh you know i wanted them to to understand well you know there are these risks be careful you know we're dealing with young children you're taking care of them in the absence of their parents you know it's a big responsibility and i i felt they don't understand that so there was a, a certain amount of tension between us last year um uh and i you know i found it quite quite difficult to to manage it um so approaching this year you know I've, I've thought about that a lot and you know it's the same situation they were the ones doing all the organizing and it took a long time for me to to uh get information from them as to what was organized and you know what needed to be done what were the bits that were missing and could i give you these risk assessments to you can have a look at that kind of thing um but we got there uh and, you know, I, I learned this, you know, basic thing, which I think, you know, I learned from, I think all of us learned who had teenage children so far, that, you know, you, you go through a point where, where you realize you can't tell them what to do. And you can't say, well, I know better than you because I've done this. Well, you might do, but it's better not to say. And you, need, you have to wait and you have to wait until you get asked, you know, are you, you know, but the key point really is to be there. And I, I've, I, I took this as my message for, for, the, uh, for the summer camp. You know, I was there. Uh, I also had Layla there as a camp mother. Uh, and, you know, that was essential to uh, bring some, you know, safety net uh, to pick up, you know, where there was any difficulty with, with dealing with the, the younger generation, the third generation in that case. Um, so, you know, we, we, we came through that and it was a much more harmonious uh, time. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed being there and um, thinking about myself. I'm going to be a grandfather soon. <laughs> so I wanna, they were calling me Uncle Chris and I said, well, next year you can call me Grandfather Chris. <laughs> um, so there, there are many obstacles to uh, building the bridges between the generations. Um, but that connection is is absolutely essential, and you know we we build on it anyway, whether whether we're conscious of it or not. But 
we, we can damage it too if we're not careful. And finally, oh yes, um, an inspiration this morning. If we consider the past generations, all our ancestors in the spirit world, looking down on us, they'd be even more desperate that we learn from their mistakes and we build on their successes. And we do have the opportunity to do so even more than they did. Let's pray. Our dear God, our heavenly parent, we are in a position to learn from you. We have an opportunity to learn from the natural world around us and see so many beautiful things immediately here in our environment, in the Peace Garden, but also in the extraordinary places around the world. And we also have the opportunity to learn from history, which we can see so much more clearly than, than previous generations have been able to. So please help us to see what lessons we can learn. Please help us to connect together across the generations that are represented here amongst our families. And uh, pray that the things that you want us to inherit, you want us to pass on, you want us to learn, please uh, let those things shine brightly. I offer this prayer in my name, Christopher Labar, of a blessed central family. Adieu.